It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by southerngourmetspice.com. Uh, check out what all the hubbub is about. Bub, uh, when I talk about uh, Kenny Bear's barbecue rub uh, and his two newest uh, additions to the to the lineup of uh, second to none spice, his Cajun spice and his all-purpose seasoning. Uh, check it out. Make sure you mention Billy C. www.southerngourmetspice.com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part uh, by the Title Bout Championship computer game. If you're looking for a simulation game where you can put yesterday's superstars against today's superstars and see what the computer says would have happened, uh, download a copy today. Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and get yourself a copy today. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week boxing channel. That's right. You can watch uh, replays of this very show and all the things that we've done, our special events over the last 16 years. That's right. You heard it right. We're in our 16th year doing this show. Uh, so check it out, um, the Billy C. Boxing channel. You can get it on all the major streaming outlets. Uh, for all information, just go to GinecoUSA.com. That's G-I-N-I-K-O-U-S-A.com. And finally, today's show. She's being brought to us in a part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Better Men on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. Get yourself a copy while you're watching or listening to the show. All you got to do is go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. If you want to get a signed copy, just visit... Uh, well, you can visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, or you can just drop me an email where I'll give you a special, special price. Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Coming up a little bit later on the show, we will have some emails to read. Uh, we're scheduled to have uh, my man uh, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola join us, as well as Dax Khan and Alex Papali. And the beautiful Emily Harney. Uh, so let's get started right away. It seems to be a heavyweight-based uh, show today. Uh, for all you people uh, outside of the U.S. that may be saying, whoa, 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 what you starting a little early for, Billy C.? Well, hey, you know, uh, daylight savings, I guess, or maybe it's regular savings. I don't know. It ain't my savings account, I'll tell you that. But uh, the bottom line is uh, we are springing ahead an hour here you know i don't even know why we still do that 
to tell you the truth. I know, I know when they first started it back in the early 70s, uh, we were in the middle of an energy crisis here in the U.S. of A., probably across the world, I don't know. Uh, and uh, some uh, power that be felt that we would save uh, power uh, by uh, doing this. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a little, uh, you know, you spring ahead, you tie it, uh, you know, and in the fall you get it back. Uh, it's a big pain in the you-know-what. But anyway, last night, a bit of an upset. Uh, Robert Helenus, the Nordic Nightmare, improved to 30 wins, 3 losses, with 19 of his Ws coming by knockout when he scored a fourth-round stoppage over the previously unbeaten uh, Adam uh, Kaznaki, who uh, was in front of his home crown in Brooklyn. Yeah, in Brooklyn. Uh, and uh, what, what, a, what a great crowd, uh, a Polish uh, uh, population in, in New York, uh, filled the uh, Barclays Arena uh, to see their man. Uh, it was a WBA elimination uh, bout, meaning that the winner would move ahead and be the, uh, uh, I guess, the mandatory for the WBA's version of the heavyweight belt, which is uh, owned by uh, Anthony Joshua. And um, to be honest with you, it was uh, pretty much uh, uh, an action-packed fight. Uh, I wasn't giving Helenus much of a chance. I mean, I've seen him before. He's had a rise and fall in the sport. Uh, seemed like he lost interest. He was uh, uh, in his mid-30s now. And, uh, you know, he, he obviously came the fight and uh, rocked Kaznaki. Uh, looked like a slip. Um, well, it was ruled a slip, but it, it kind of looked like it, it came as a result of a punch. Uh, put him down after that. He got up. He was on wobbly legs, uh, continued the uh, barrage, and uh, the referee stopped the fight. The official time was one minute and eight seconds of the fourth round. But leading up to that point, uh, it was action-packed back and forth. Uh, to be honest, which I don't know how uh, Helenus uh, withstood it, um, you know, Kaznaki is, is a likable guy, you know, baby face, you know, he looks like a, uh, baby face and he's not exactly chiseled. Uh, and, uh, he's won some big fights against some decent, op uh, opposition. Uh, this was supposed to be a fight that just catapulted him into a title shot. You know, I, 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 I say I was, I was surprised that I didn't give Helenus a, a chance, but that was going, that was before I heard that. Kaznaki just had a baby, six-month-old baby. And, you know, it, it's happened so many times in the past. I know Nonito Donaire, the same thing happened, and uh, endless uh, uh, amount of fighters. You know, when they have their first kid and, you know, they're adjusting to fatherhood or, you know, I, I'm talking about, you know, uh, obviously male fighters. Uh, uh, I'm sure the, the wife or significant other uh, uh, is adjusting to their first child as well, but we'll focus on the, the fighter themselves. You know, can they really dedicate the time to training? I know his uh, wife uh, uh, did a cute thing by not telling him first, told his trainer. Um, uh, but, you know, and, and then to find out that the, the baby, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm not criticizing, um, you know, him for doing this because I know exactly how he felt, but, you know, baby was in the hotel uh, you know, for the uh, the night before and all this stuff. Um, I, I just, you know, it's hard to to focus. I mean, we've seen this so so many times before when fighters their attention is on something else, 
and um, they're not focused on the task at hand, which is to win the fight. Uh, I, I, listen, you know, I don't want to make an excuse, but no. <laughs> uh, the truth of the matter is, is it didn't fare well. And, and in this sport, uh, the way the non-knowledgeable uh, fan, I mean, I'm sure there's people that woke up this morning uh, saying that uh, Kaznaki was exposed. He wasn't that good. Oh, he lost, you know. Um, it's a setback uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think we'll see him uh, come back and, uh, uh, you know, move on. You know, he's, he's had some decent wins and uh, more power to uh, Robert Helinas, who in one night uh, resurrected his career. And, uh, do I think he's got a chance uh, against Anthony Joshua? No. Uh, but I thought Kaznaki might have. Uh, you know, a good fight now would be Kaznaki against Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, that's a good fight. Uh, but uh, in any event, one minute, eight seconds of the fourth round, and uh, Helenas, uh, uh, in a, pretty much of an upset, stops uh, uh, Adam Kaznaki. There were two other heavyweights on that card. Uh, Effie Jagba uh, improved to 13-0 and with uh, his 11th knockout when he scored a ninth round stoppage over uh, Razvan Kajanu, who drops to 17-7 and seven with nine of his Ws coming by knockout. The official time was two minutes and 46 seconds of the ninth round. My man Ron Lipton was the uh, referee in that fight. And to tell you the truth, I thought Ron should have stopped this fight a little sooner. He was, tr- he was about to. Um, and then he, uh, you know, he kept saying, uh, um, you know, show me something, show me something. The, uh, Kajanu wasn't really showing anything. He, he had a couple of spurts here and there. But my assessment of uh, Ajagba is not very good. Uh, no disrespect to Kajanu, uh, but uh, I notice uh, Ajagba, uh, you know, he's, he has those uh, uh, Tommy Hearns uh, toothpick legs. And in the heavyweight division, especially with the complexion of the heavyweight division today, I don't think, he's, I, I don't think you're going to see this guy... Uh, uh, as a uh, as a champion, I, I really don't. I, you know, maybe he gets a secondary belt or something like that. I, I just I, I see him being built up. I see him being an opponent. I see him getting knocked out. Um, no disrespect to him. Maybe he gets better. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I wasn't that impressed. Uh, Kajanu is a, is a tough opponent, and uh, he certainly came the fight. Uh, but uh, Ajagba, I, I felt you know should have made a statement in this fight and uh, maybe get Kajanu out of there quicker. Uh, I believe uh, Kajanu in his, uh, his seven losses um, in those seven fights, I, I think you sprinkled in maybe two wins. I, I don't have his record in front of me, but, um, you know, he was with the ESPN heavyweight um, tournament that they had several years back and, and was faring okay. And then it's been uh, downhill since. But it, to Kajanu's... Uh, credit, he's uh, he's fought some tough guys, but uh, uh, it wasn't too high on a Jogba. Uh, but nonetheless, two minutes and forty six seconds was the official time of the stoppage in the ninth round. The third heavyweight we saw was uh, uh, Frank. Ch- Fran- uh, I'm sorry, Frank Sanchez, who went the distance with uh, Joey Duegco. I'm sorry. Every time I look at Joey Duegco, I, I I I get the image of him. I, I, I was on the the most horrific plane ride I, I ever was on in my life, and and I I, I didn't think I was going to get out of that alive, to be honest with you. And Joey Duegco and his father, who was training him at the time, were also on that plane, and they were sitting in the the seats next to me, 
and uh you know it, this was one of those flights we, we were it was a card i covered in chicago and i was you know they would they were from philly so they were going to philly but i was picking up a, a tra- you know a connecting flight in philly so we we're on the same plane and uh it, it it was one of these deals where the plane was you know flying along minding its own business and all of a sudden it was like going all over the air i mean talk about turbulence um i mean the the overhead compartments were opening up and luggage falling out people screaming throwing up uh, the soda cans rolling up and down the aisle along with the vomit uh that were uh, falling all out i mean it, i did not i was praying i did not think that i was going to uh get off that plane alive and I happened to glance over and, you know, across the aisle and sitting in the next seat on the other end. I had an end seat and so did uh, Joey. And I looked over and the look on his face and the way he was holding the top of the seat. Now, don't get me wrong. I was just as scared, but I, I will forever have that image in my head of uh, Joey Duedjko. And... Uh, uh, he, he he came to fight uh, last night and uh, uh, went the distance, lost a unanimous decision to Frank Sanchez. Uh, I didn't think he was ever in that fight. Uh, he wanted Sanchez to come right at him. I thought he rocked him uh, in the last couple of rounds, um, but uh, nonetheless, the judges scored it unanimously for Sanchez, 98-92, and two had it 100-90. to The 98-92... Uh, score, uh, you know, means that that judge actually gave two rounds to to Wedgeco. I'm not sure if you could have. I mean, um, uh, you know, he just didn't land those punches. I don't know. Sympathy rounds. Um, it's my assessment of Sanchez. I know the WBO has him ranked in the top 12. Not much, you know. Uh, again, you know, he, he has um, some skill in terms of uh, letting his hands go and, and he had a good jab and um, you know, he, he needed to, to win in spectacular fashion. And again, no disrespect to Joey, but, um, you know, if you want to get to a point where you want to be in the conversation, you, you need to win these fights in, in dramatic fashion. Um, sort of like what Herlinas did with Kalsnaki, uh and Sanchez didn't. So the two young heavyweights on this card, Ajagba and Sanchez, I'm not that you know I'm not that crazy about him. I'm not I'm not that high on him. Hopefully uh, they prove me wrong in the future. But uh, anyway, a couple other fights uh, in uh, over in England. Uh, Scott Quigg returned to the ring uh, in the uh, uh, super bantamweight. Uh, I'm sorry, in the super featherweight uh, division. Uh, Quigg was uh, a former uh, super bantamweight champion, and he stepped in the ring with uh, once beaten uh, John O'Carroll who beat the snot out of Scott Quigg, uh, ended up scoring 11th round uh, stoppage, two minutes and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, two minutes and uh, 14 seconds of, of the 11th round. Um, you know, uh, Carroll just showed that youth and hand speed win fights. Um, so, uh, and, and I will tell you this, the rules are different. Uh, in in England compared to the U.S. And, and what I mean by that is specifically the beards. This guy, this guy had a ZZ Top beard, uh, and that would not uh, uh, work well here in the states. Uh, most commissions would uh, have required that beard get cut, uh, but uh, in England they they let it go on. Also on that card, uh, Huey Fury 
uh, beat up his sacrificial lamb to improve to uh, 24 wins and three losses and added another knockout to total 14. Uh, he stopped uh, Pavel Sauer uh, in the fourth round. Uh, the official time was 24 seconds. He had dropped them at the end of the second round and uh, was beating a snot out of them uh, in the third round as the beginning of the round started. He hit the canvas. Uh, Sauer got up again, and his corner threw in the towel. Um, this was a, uh, a fight that uh, uh, really wasn't too competitive but uh, at all. Uh, and I, it wasn't competitive from the time they signed it, uh, but uh, it is what it is. So uh, that's the uh, the big fights that took place uh, yesterday. Also, uh, Jorge Arce and Julio Cesar Chavez Sr., uh, they had a fight. Yeah, it wasn't in a bar or at a picnic or something like that. It was uh, for charity, and they uh, fought a three-round exhibition. And... Uh, it was uh, it was pretty cool, actually. Uh, um, you know, they 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 threw some punches. You know, I mean, it was for fun, uh, but uh, like any true fighter, and both of these guys were warriors in their day. Um, you know, they uh, they threw some leather, man. You know, uh, Arce is forty years old, and uh, uh, Papa Chavez fifty seven. He's going to be fifty eight this year. So uh, credit to uh, to both of them. But uh, you know, I, I what I didn't know. From the uh, clips I saw, was if Arce came out with the lollipop, you know, remember him with the lollipop. One of one of my favorite uh, entrances uh, Jorge Arce did was uh, on the horse. He came riding out on a horse one time. Uh, but uh, anyway, they, believe it or not, uh, you know, um, they made it a, a, a draw, which uh, isn't surprising. Uh, but what is is they both got belts. Imagine that, more belts. And who do you think gave it to them? Go ahead, take a guess. No, not the WBA. I mean, because they were like, you know, would have been the regular, regular, almost regular champion. But uh, the WBC. The WBC must be making uh, so much money. I mean, they're producing belts. I think I saw one the other day when I was getting gas uh, hanging uh, uh, by the, uh, you know, gum and impulse items. It was a WBC belt uh, for sale, too. But uh, in any event. Um, some other news that I would uh, like to uh, talk about. Um, uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, um, the rematch, according to Team Wilder, will be, uh, ex- you know, they, they're going to they're gonna take it. Uh, they uh, uh, exercised the rights. Uh, Deontay had the, the rights to, uh, to take the third fight. He wants it. They're talking about possibly July. Um, you know, they already have a line on it. Uh, Tyson Fury's a, a two-to-one favorite. I have said this time and time again. I I don't see a reason for this fight. I don't. Um, you know, uh, Tyson Fury won the first one, and you know, uh, you can make an argument that you know it was close enough with the two knockdowns. You know, he beat the snot out of him in the second one. Wilder still hasn't accepted it. Still hasn't held himself accountable for that fight. Um, you know, still blaming every. I don't want to make excuses, but now you know, Paulie Malignaggi. Uh, was a victim of uh, of him, um, you know, claiming that Showtime should fire him because he wasn't supportive. You know, it, it bothers me because, you know, this is a clear case. I mean, Deontay Wilder, and it was funny because Lennox Lewis on the broadcast last night 
was saying the same thing I've been saying for years about Deontay Wilder. And finally, you know, it's one thing I like about Lennox Lewis. You know, keep in mind, he was he was let go of HBO because he was too honest. Um, and he was being honest last night on the broadcast. Um, and uh, he said, you know, he, he's just he, he just doesn't have the skill. And he said the same thing I've said, that he relied so much on that right hand that he just, you know, he doesn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. And I said that. You know, I've been saying it for a long time, even before the ass whipping he got from Tyson Fury a couple of weeks ago. I, I mean, you know, <coughs> excuse me, it was, uh, it's pathetic. And, and the thing is, is that he was believing all the leeches that are around him, whispering in his, in his ear, telling him how great he is, believing the press clippings. You know, this is why he's so shocked. This is why he's... He's not accepting the fact that he lost. He's blaming it on on the uh, you, you know uniform. Uh, you know, burnt his legs out. He's blaming it on on uh, uh, people uh, yelling and cheering uh, in uh, you know in the corner to uh, get the uh, Mark Breland to throw the towel in. I mean, he, he's blaming it on everybody, uh, and he's not holding himself accountable. You know, not that it's just as severe, but you know, an alcoholic or a drug addict or, or, you know, anybody else that's got a, a vice like that, the, the first thing that they got to do is admit to themselves and, and recognize that they have an issue. And Deontay Wilder needs to recognize and hold himself accountable for getting his ass kicked. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is he's not good. He's got a power punch, you know, and then you have um, a guy like Dan Goosen um, saying that, uh, uh, you know, hey, you know, he's got to go back to the drawing board. He's got to learn some fundamentals or whatever. It, it's not going to happen before July. You know, it, it's just, it isn't. It, it's not going to happen before uh, July. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's disheartening uh, because, um, you know, I, I, this guy's not going to get better. He's not going to get better. Uh, in uh, that relatively short amount of time. It's not going to happen. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know uh, what else to say uh, about that. And and the other thing is, is they're not even, you know, uh, owning up to how it did on pay-per-view. Uh, it's being reported, and my man Brooklyn Mike last week was even saying, it's being reported that they did between 800 and 850,000 pay-per-view buys. And then they're still saying... But there were ten times that much uh, in illegal streams. So, so you're saying eight million people watched it? Um, you know, I, listen. I was shocked that it didn't hit a million. I thought a million buys. They were anticipating two million buys uh, for this fight, and they're saying eight hundred, eight fifty. Uh, but everybody was watching it illegal. Well, you know what? This is this is the problem with Al Heyman, and I say this. Because he, he just doesn't, you know, everybody thought he was going to save the sport. But he's he's doing it with the old mindset, okay? Uh, yeah, he put it on regular TV in the beginning, and that was great. But unfortunately, his fighters don't fight the real fights. He's got his own little, you know, group of guys. He's trying to copy the UFC. And they went to old-fashioned pay-per-view. The zone is kicking butt. And DAZN is kicking butt because they recognize that today's world is a streaming world. Everybody wants their handheld, handheld or whatever, and people are 
subscribing to DAZN, and all the big fighters are on it. And even if you're not on DAZN, you're on ESPN+. Plus. You know, I, the pay-per-view model is hard to work. Did I pay for it? Yes. Did I have a legal stream? Yes, I did. Um, but uh, but it, it doesn't really work anymore. You know, it, it, it really doesn't. Uh, and speaking of DAZN, um, right now, nine countries you can get it in. And they said by, uh, uh, by the uh, um, fight that's going to be taking place between Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders in May, it's going to expand to uh, almost 200 companies. So, you know, if it's available in nine now and will expand to 200 in a couple of months, I mean, talk about growth. You know, you have to roll with the changes, man. You know, you can't, uh, uh, you can't be, be stuck in a, uh, in a rut, so to speak, uh, you know, going with what you know. You know, I mean, uh, you know, the Pacer was a car that was sold in the 70s. I, I don't think they should bring it back. You know, uh, Disco was big in the 70s. I don't think they should bring it back, you know. But uh, in any event, it's just, uh, um, you know, it's 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 kind of kind of silly in uh in my uh opinion uh but uh, uh in any event um we uh i'm gonna uh try and get uh, my man uh, uh sal on the line here um and uh we will uh go from there but uh uh we um i said that oh the other news i wanted to mention is that uh uh, Anthony Joshua and Pulev uh, is signed, sealed, and delivered and set for um, June 20th. Um, they also said that Goosen uh, is going to be training him. Uh, Pulev, um, I, I don't think much of Goosen. I really don't. Um, and, and I shouldn't say it. I don't have anything against him personally. He's a nice guy. Um he he has had some champions. I just, you know, when these guys make the changes. Now, Tyson Fury, you know, it was a different situation with him. Tyson Fury, uh, you know, changed his trainer. His last couple of fights he went through, uh, in his last half a dozen fights, he's had three trainers. Um, but uh, And it worked for him. I, I don't think Pulev is that at that level where he needs to fine-tune one thing. You know, he's fighting Anthony Joshua. Mr. Goosen's not going to help him. Not going to help him for one training camp and in such a short period of time. Joining us right now, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy C. Happy Sunday, my friend. Yeah, you, uh, the, the uh, spring ahead, huh? So we lost an hour last night. Yes, yes. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm I'm good with that. Doesn't matter. Did you watch the fights last night? No, sir. I I was unable to. And you know, I missed just regular straight pay per view because I know what I'm going to get. Well, this was on regular TV, and you missed one that you would have loved. Uh, the baby faced uh, Polish fighter Adam Kaznacki going in as a favorite uh, got his uh, fanny whooped, and he was stopped uh -huh. by Robert Helenas. Uh, and uh, it was an exciting fight. Try to uh, uh, get back and, and watch that. But, Sal, uh, let's talk a little about um, Deontay Wilder. He's still not accepting uh, the loss against uh, Tyson Fury. Um, I, what Don't you think, I mean, 
what what would be what if you could talk to him right now i mean what would you say to him because in my opinion it just seems like the first thing that he's got to do in order to rebound is to at least accept the loss and you know try to try to you know right the ship so to speak Billy see so true your words are so true i mean how the heck could he go on if he can't acknowledge he got his ass kicked and he did get his ass kicked all over the all over the ring. And no, you know, the only redemption he can really salvage and save right now is admitting that he was the inferior fighter by far that evening and just buckle down, do what he has to do to try and make a better showing the next time out when they have the rematch. The other thing is, is like you said, um, after the, the fight when we had our post-fight show, you said... He should go back and, you know, learn the fundamentals and everything. And, and I just don't think a fighter at at that stage uh, of his career can actually do that successfully. And then Goosen was saying the same thing last night on the broadcast. He said, well, you know, he's got to fundamentally get solid. He's got to go back to the gym and, and correct things, et cetera, et cetera. And, oh, by the way, they're talking about uh, the possibility of this rematch as, as soon as July how does a fighter that has abandoned every single thing he ever learned for the last half a dozen years and relied on one uh, weapon, which is a knockout punch, go back to a gym and try to, uh, you know, right the ship where, you know, maybe becomes more disciplined and this and that? I mean, can that happen? Can it work? It can, but I, I think he's going to have to, and I hate to say this because I love Mark Breland, but I think he's got to get rid of Breland and change camp a little bit, change some trainers, get some fresh blood. Wow. I'm shocked you said that because Breland, the the type of fight that Breland has always wanted him to do is the exact opposite of what Wilder has done. The other guy... Well, that's the, just it. He, he's incapable of, of uh, learning from Breland. That's that's the whole thing. Yeah, but he's you got to listen. But but the fighter has to listen to what he's saying. I don't blame yes, I don't I don't blame Breland at all. His other trainer, who's actually the main trainer, uh, Diaz or however they say his name, he's the rah rah man. He's the one in 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 his ear telling him how great he is. That's the kind of guy that Wilder has become. He believes his press clippings. You know, he's he believed he was uh, invincible, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know that particular Wilder has been exposed. He'll never be able to go out there and, and dominate uh, from a fear factor again. I, I just don't think no. so. And and I don't think he's no, got an, enough time to, to go back to the drawing board. Not not against Fury. No, no. I'll tell you what. It's a, it's a tough out. And, and Fury, I, I think it's a good thing he's giving him another rematch. And sure, they're going to make millions and millions of dollars, and hopefully, it'll be a different outcome, and they'll even have another match, a rubber match. Who knows? But the bottom line is, um, yeah, Deontay Wilder's options are narrowing more and more each day, um, and you know he's got to get back in the saddle as soon as he can, and uh, work work some ring rust and stay out of the forty-pound suits. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was wearing that. Um, uh, you know, he was wearing another weighted suit in in training. Uh, but uh, Joe Goosen was saying the same thing 
last night he's gone oh he's got to learn the fundamentals and all of this I, I just you know and then be ready you know and and i don't anticipate tyson fury uh coming in with the same game plan as he did with the last one so you know you're gonna have deontay wilder and no disrespect to deontay but i don't think he's the smartest uh fighter out there and and you know, if he thinks that Fury's going to come after him, and that's the way all these guys are talking. Joe Goosen and even Lennox Lewis were saying, well, he's got to be prepared for a come-at-you fighter. Well, Tyson Fury's a smart dude. I don't think he's going to incorporate the same, uh, you know, the same game plan. You know, he's going to mix it up just like he mixed it up the last time. Yes. You know, it would be a dream come true. Have Deontay Wilder come down here with Joseph and myself and we'll both train him. Well, you know, Deontay Wilder has to, first of all, in my opinion, Sal, he's got to accept the fact that he lost and yes. that there's no one to blame but himself. Then he, right. ha- then he has to figure out if he can mentally, you know, use his jab. The guy is big. He's got a, de- a long reach. Yes, against Tyson Fury, he's fighting against a, a slightly bigger guy, but... But, you know, he could box. He's athletic. He could move around. The one thing that that Tyson Fury has shown that is a weakness, and same thing, Anthony Joshua has shown his weakness is fighting smaller guys. Um, Tyson Fury's weakness is that if you make him come to you, although he went and attacked uh, Deontay Wilder, and it was, you know, I think it was more of a shock on Wilder's part, but if you make him come to you, he's not as good. He's a, he's a better counter puncher. So I I would I, I would if I'm Deontay Wilder, I'd watch the Otto Wallen fight because uh, Tyson Fury had had some trouble with Wallen. A little bit, but uh, you know, I just love a fighter who makes a plan and works the plan, and has a plan B as as well. So, and that was Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury just bewildered him, took him by surprise, took him by shock, and played with him. And he had fun. And uh, I'll tell you, I I can't believe that little big, big twinkle-toes, son-of-a-gun Irish boy. He, He was something else. I just don't think we need to see a third fight. I, I don't I, I don't think the the boxing fans in the know want to see it either. I, I believe very strongly that uh Tyson Fury won the first fight. Um and he destroyed Deontay Wilder in the second fight. And aside from a payday for, for Wilder, um I, if if I'm Wilder and I wanted to exercise the third fight I think a better fight for Wilder is actually Anthony Joshua because Anthony Joshua does not have the defense that Tyson Fury has. Although I think No, he does not. But I do think Anthony Joshua would fare better against Tyson Fury than Wilder would. I you know, styles make fights. So in other words, I think Wilder has a better chance of beating AJ than Tyson Fury. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I, you know, uh, I think that if Deontay Wilder fights um, Tyson Fury next and loses, it may be the end of his career because he will not be able to rebound from that uh, mentally, physically. I just don't. I just don't think. I think it's very critical that Wilder does not fight um, Tyson Fury next. I think that he needs a fight in between. 
and uh, you know they're talking July. There's not enough time for Wilder to get a fight and then fight um, Tyson Fury. And Tyson Fury is going to fight in July either way. So who knows what's going to happen? You know? Yeah, maybe maybe they should give him a little tune-up uh, confidence builder fight and uh, and see what he could do with that as a shot in the arm to go into another fight with uh, Tyson Fury. I'm sure he, 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 he's got to be a little scared of Tyson Fury. Um, and I hate, you know, when a fighter fights out of fear, he's desperate and he makes a lot of mistakes. And that, that might be the case. I, you know, Deontay Wilder's best days, I think, are really behind him. Well, let's look at it from the, from the business point of boxing for a second. Anthony yes. Joshua is fighting in June. So he's yes. not going to fight either one of those guys. And should Anthony no. Joshua get past his opponent, Pulev, and set up a fight against either Deontay Wilder or uh, Tyson Fury, that fight's not going to happen re- realistically until the fall, as soonest of the, of the fall of, of this year. So now you, right. take, you take a look at Tyson Fury. Um, who would he fight? Does he want to wait until the fall to fight? So if he fights a tune-up fight, which he says he's only going to fight two more times uh, and then hang him up, you know, it, it seems like if he's going to fight Wilder, that Wilder's going to have to fight him in July. If not, then who's there for Tyson Fury? Tyson Fury has positioned himself to fight one of two guys or both guys, you know, in in sequential order is Wilder and then Anthony Joshua. If Wilder decides to take a tune-up fight, that means you're going to push a fight with Tyson Fury off around the same time as, as an Anthony Joshua fight. I think the only logical approach would be to have, to try to, uh, for Tyson Fury to try to get a fight with Anthony Joshua um, as soon as he can, have Deontay Wilder get a tune-up fight to practice some of the things he's going to go back to the drawing board and try to learn, and then have uh, Tyson Fury fight uh, Deontay Wilder again if they have to. But again, I've said this many times, they don't need the belt. They don't need, there is, no. not, there is nothing that is going to really force Tyson Fury into fighting Deontay Wilder again. In the worst-case scenario, he's not, he's not going to have to write a check you know, so if he says, forget it, I don't want it, the worst case that's going to happen is they're going to strip the belt from him, the WBC belt. And Tyson Fury has, has already said that you don't, in his mind, and in a lot of people's minds, Sal, you don't lose a belt unless you lose it in the ring. And, you know, I, I just, to me, there's no reason for a third fight. And and, and it's it would destroy Wilder's, career should he lose again in my opinion yeah i know it could be a career ending bout we'll see but i'll tell you um i'm just still befuddled at how how watching tyson fury just manhandled deontay wilder man that's exactly what he did um tyson fury's father john fury uh, who's as outspoken as Tyson is, uh, says that you know he shouldn't even bother fighting uh, Tyson Fury. This is John Fury saying he shouldn't even bother, meaning Deontay, fighting Tyson Fury because he doesn't have a chance, but he should 
uh, go after Anthony Joshua because according to John Fury, Anthony Joshua, uh, you know, he could beat Anthony Joshua. And you yeah. know, he, he feels that the two best fighters in the world today are, um, you know, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. He doesn't even think Joshua belongs in the conversation, which is uh, uh, which is kind of ridiculous in my opinion, but it is what it is. I do recognize Tyson Fury, uh, me personally, I recognize Tyson Fury as the champion, so I think the ball's in his court 100%. Yes, you're right, and it is, and he can call his next ticket, next shot. Um, I do think that uh, that uh, Anthony Joshua would have a lot of trouble with Tyson Fury. I do see that, and Tyson Fury would probably stop him as well. Um, Tyson Fury has said that uh, he is, uh, according to now, he says that he is going to honor his two-fight uh, remaining two fights on his contract, and then he's hanging up the gloves. Says he's got nothing else uh, to prove. Um, you know, that's assuming he wins. It, should Tyson Fury lose uh, the third fight with Deontay, which I don't think he, he would, um, you know, does it mean that we have to sit through a fourth? If he fights Anthony Joshua and loses, I could see them having a rematch. Uh, but if Tyson Fury beats both of them... Um, you know, again, I, I want to reiterate, I don't want to see him fight Deontay Wilder again. I, I just don't think it's worth it. But should Tyson Fury beat Wilder a third time? Because, in my opinion, he beat him the first time and then beat Anthony Joshua. He has nothing left to prove. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a it's a crapshoot, but I do agree with you 100%, Billy. Um, you know, Tyson Fury impressed the hell out of me. And uh, he was on his toes. He was boxing. He was counterpunching. He was taking the fight to him. And he just executed a perfect game plan. And he, and he did what he set out to do. He said, I've got to stop. I'm going to stop uh, Deontay Wilder. And not only did he stop him, but he, he almost retired him. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it, it's over for him in his own mind, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I think he's so, you know, not sure of himself right now that um you know it's going to be hard to uh to come back from this but uh yes sir in any event sal i appreciate your uh thoughts and uh we'll look forward to you next time my man billy c i appreciate having the opportunity to talk to you and all the great fans out there in billy c world uh it's an honor and a privilege to talk with you each week and i look forward to continuing to do so well i'll be talking to you later in the week my man Yes, sir, you sure will. I'll give you a call tomorrow afternoon. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Right. That's my Thank man, you, Sal Rocky Senecola, giving us his thoughts and uh, some other uh, uh, heavyweight uh, news. Uh, it was announced that uh, in May, on May 2nd, on a, on a huge card, actually, uh, in, at the Manchester Arena uh, in uh, England, uh, Alexander Povetkin will be uh, fighting uh, Dillian White. Uh, and also on that card, Katie Taylor uh, is going to be fighting uh, Serrano in a huge uh, woman's bout. Uh, uh, so uh, big card. It's a little, it's a little uh, uh, perplexing, to be honest with you. And the reason why I say that uh, is because that's the same uh, date that we have um, Canelo. 
is fighting that same day, May 2nd, Cinco de Mayo. And uh, that fight will be uh, in Vegas, uh, most likely against Billy Joe Saunders. It's been reported uh, by several uh, media outlets, including ESPN. However, uh, Canelo Alvarez has said, uh, uh, don't count on it. But uh, what you can count on is uh, getting yourself uh, a bottle of uh, uh, Kenny Bears, uh, either their new all-purpose season salt or uh, what's become my favorite, their blackened uh, seasoning. Uh, you've heard uh, me talk about their original uh, Kenny Bears barbecue rub. And uh, I'm telling you, I, I, I kid you not, uh, as the weather uh, is beginning to break here on the East Coast uh, of the U.S., uh, it's going to be uh, barbecue time. And uh, you got to get yourself uh, a, a bottle of each. Just visit uh, southerngourmetspice.com and make sure you tell them Billy C sent you and demand the Billy C discount. Uh, speaking of uh, demanding, joining me right now is my man Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning, Billy C. Dragging me out of bed an hour early. I know. What's up with that, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, it's like you know, with all of this back and forth with the times. I mean, it, it, can't they just? Can't we just? Maybe why don't we split it down the middle and do a half hour difference and then call it a day and leave it leave it as it is? But uh, yeah, uh, something like that. I'll go with that. Yeah, you know, I'm trying trying to be politically correct, you know. But uh, uh, last night, in a bit of an upset. Um, Robert Helinas uh, knocked out uh, Adam Kaznacki, uh in the fourth round. What's your thoughts on that? My first thought, and I mentioned this before, is you know how was this an eliminator? Not you know not questioning how Kalnacki was in the eliminator because he beat Washington, who beat Helenus, um, and he beat Martin, who faced Washington for that IBF number two spot. But um, you know, I wasn't really sure how Helanius made it into an eliminator. I mean, I'm a big fan of Kalnaki. He can box. Um, up until last night, he's always showing a sturdy chin. I still think he has a sturdy chin. You know, he had you know good wins over Spilka, Martin, Ariola, and now uh, Helanius stops him in four rounds. Um, you know, Kalnaki was you know rated in the top ten by most, if not all, the sanctioning bodies. And honestly, I never seen him beating a, a Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, or Deontay Wilder because he is a pressure fighter who's not hard to hit, but he has a great work rate. And again, you know, um, he's a better boxer than we seen last night. You know, he had a, you know a pretty good amateur career, but you know, he just. Uh, bores right in there, and in a division where you're undersized and these big guys have power. You can't, you know, you you just can't do that. So, um, Kalnaki, I don't know if maybe he became complacent in the fact that up until now, it's that work rate and in-your-face style that has always allowed him to win these fights because his um, his offense is his defense. We're going to have to see what happens next with him. I'm not going to write him off quite yet. No, and, and I hope, uh, you know, I said this earlier, you know, we have a lot of unknowledgeable uh, boxing fans out there now that are going to, already have written him off from the loss last night. But you make an interesting point. His offense is his defense. Um, and, you know, that's something that, I, you know, it really bothers me when I see these fighters that seemingly are one-dimensional. We were talking a lot about Deontay before being a, a one-trick pony in terms of just his power punch. They abandon everything else. And in a way, Kaznacki was similar. Like you just said, his offense was his defense. Uh, he had been hit before. There's no question about it. It's not like uh, uh, Helena's, you know, found a spot and, 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 you know, found a weakening and, and just went after it. I mean, Kaznaki has been hit before. 
Um, you know, and it's hard for a fighter that that has you know x amount of uh, you know double digit professional fights to all of a sudden go back to the drawing board and and try to learn something else these these fundamentals so to speak need to be taught earlier on like uh they should be you know obtaining those skill set as they're rising not when they're in an elimination bout no absolutely absolutely and and you know in all fairness i think that maybe robert helenius um not really giving, you know, quite a fair shake in terms of, you know, how good he is. Yes, um, as of, you know, late the last couple of years, not stellar, but, you know, remember, he started out his career with, you know, you know quite well. He had uh, wins over, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember off the, I think, uh, Derek Chisora, uh, Sergei Lajovic, um, Sam Peter. He was upset by uh, Duopas, and I say upset because, at that point in time, um, Hellenius was uh, considered, you know, a, a legitimate prospect. Um, you know, he took a few wins after that. Uh, he took that Dillian White fight on short notice. Uh, he lost a wide decision after a solid start. Um, then in the Washington fight, he was winning that fight, and then he got caught. And actually, last night, I was saying to myself, you know, Robert Hellenius really doesn't look right. You know, he doesn't look like he has any snap on his punches. He looks like he's kind of just pushing them, pushing his punches. Uh, but, you know, he was moving around well, and then all of a sudden, you know, he came with that one shot. So, you know, it's uh, kind of unfair to both Kalnaki and Robert Hellenius to sit there and say that, um, you know, Kalnaki got beat by some guy that just came out of left field. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, Hellenius was there to be beat, but it just didn't play out to the script, and we see that quite a bit. You know, I, I said earlier, you know, I, I first of all, I I thought Kalsnacki was going to win the fight until... Oh, as I, and I did too. Yeah, you know? until I heard that, you know, he just had the baby and the baby was with them at the, at the hotel and all of this stuff. And I said to myself, okay, you know, I know how it is and you're a parent, you know how it is, especially with your first child, you know, um, that all of a sudden your, your focus is on that. And I, I, you know, I think this was clearly a, an example of a fighter maybe underestimating Helenus and maybe not fully focused on training and preparation. That could very well be it. And I hope that he realizes that. And I hope this is a, a you know, it's happened many, many times throughout the, the history of the sport. But this is an example that young fighters should look at. I'm not saying walk away from your other life, but if you want to be a fighter, and the, the nature of this game, um, you need to dedicate your training and your focus on your opponent. I don't care who, how less of an opponent you think it is. I kind of think that that played an important part in this fight last night. What's your thoughts? It is very possible. And he won't be the first person that that has, has ever happened to. Whether or not it's a baby, whether or not it's a um, a new marriage, whether or not you know have to be a death in a family. Well, remember not, it happened with Nonito Donaire. Remember when he had his yeah. uh, you know same thing. Next thing you know, he's he's thinking of retiring. He got stopped. All of these things, and then he he write he you know righted the ship, and you know he's had some great fights after. Yeah, he has, and um, he's still um, a very viable name. And now. Adam Kornacki is no 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 Nino Donaire, but um, point as you know you're trying to say you know that these things happen. Now uh, we just got to see how uh, Kornacki comes back from this. So I, I'm not you know I'm not going to sit there and and write the guy off. He had a bad night. He had a bad night against a big strong fighter who um, has beaten some you know some some good names. He's actually um, you look down. He actually has a better resume than Kornacki. Oh yeah, didn't he beat Chisora? 
Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. I stated that. You know, he uh, he has wins over three or four uh, former world champions. He has that win over Chisora. Um, the Dillian White fight, he took on short notice, and he was doing very well in the beginning, kind of gassed out there. Uh, Johan Duopas. Uh, who gave him his first loss. We know how tough Duopas is. Uh, Deontay Wilder knows how tough Duopas is. We watched those punches that Duopas took from Deontay Wilder uh, before he went down. So it's not like he just uh, got upset by some guy who came from nowhere. Again, the script was for Konaki to look good, but it just didn't play out that way. And that is boxing, especially heavyweight boxing, where despite what a lot of people believe and fans drive me nuts with this, I'd like him to get in the ring and just take a punch from I don't care the the, the heavyweight that's ranked number 10,000, Bill. Just go in there and take one punch from a heavyweight fighter, and then you understand exactly how easy it is to get knocked out in the heavyweight division. That's <laughs> 100% true. Speaking you know, of that- and, 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 and take 240 pounds and let that force come behind you. Uh, Let alone from a guy that trains to take you out of your senses. You know, these people are talking about, he's washed up. Oh, he's got a glass jaw. He's got this. You know what? Until you take one, don't say a damn word. Two other heavyweights are on that card. Uh, young up-and-coming heavyweights. Uh, Effie Ajagba um, stopped uh, 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 Raz Van Kajanu uh, last night in the ninth round. Um, I wasn't I, – I, I know this is going to sound critical, especially after what you just said, but uh, – I'm not that impressed with Ajagba. I, I know he's being touted as a as a knockout artist and all of this stuff. Um, and Kajanu's a tough guy, uh, but he didn't. Ajagba didn't do anything that really impressed me a, a, as I look and see the rest of the upper echelon of the heavyweights. I mean, the the level where he's at now, um, where he's fighting the Kajanu type opponent. Yes, he's going to rise to the top. But when you get to that next level above that, I just don't think he's going to fare that well. What, what's your assessment of Effie Ajagba? You know, I look at Ajagba and I say to myself, you know, this is, you know, a big guy. Well, then I look at him and I say, in this current crop of heavyweights, he's average size at six foot six. Um, he looks the he looks the part, um, but you know he did start boxing late. Um, he was an Olympian. He's only been a pro for I think four years or so, um, if even that. Um, you know, but he doesn't do everything that you would expect a guy who was in, in the Olympics and a guy that size and that look to do. Uh, yeah, he has power, but it's not bone-crushing power b- despite the high KO ratio. Um, he has a lot of flaws. Uh, he works hard from my hear. You know, he's very active. He fights about four times a year. He's been picking up his level of competition, which is going to make him a better fighter. But also what I noticed out there, and I don't know if you noticed, I think a lot of people noticed it, but Ajagba... He never really, well, he hasn't so far demonstrated that ability to change pace when he fights. You know, last night he could have stepped it up and he could have uh, stopped Razvan uh, two, three rounds earlier than the fight was, um, you know, stopped as it was. So I don't understand um, why um, he, he isn't capable of doing that. Are they not showing him that? Or, or are they uh, just into that thing where if you got so much power, you can just rely on that kid. We know how that works. Well, you know, first of all, he seemed like he was in great condition. I didn't see him huffing and puffing at all. He reminds me of... But he fought at very relaxed pace, Bill. No, I'm not disputing that. He reminds me of Michael Grant. And I think that when he gets in there with somebody that, you know, has some some pop, and no disrespect to Kajanu, but he doesn't really have pop, um, he's going to go down. Those those legs, you know, he's not working on his legs. He seemed top-heavy to me. 
Um, I, I just, you know, I, I agree. He's got a long way to go. It just seems like they're gonna they're gonna rough him and and uh, rush him. And the other fight with Frank Sanchez uh, going up against uh, Joey Duedjko, um Sanchez didn't really impress me. He. I mean, you know, he had uh, Joey in a situation where he was faster and, and more fluid and everything. He could have really put on a show, and he, and he didn't. Um, I wasn't impressed with either of those two young heavyweights, to be honest with you. No, um, just um, one other thing about uh, Ajagwa, uh, real quick, is he's Nigerian, and every time you get excited for one of these big, strong Nigerian punchers, they seem to fall short at that very next level. Samuel Peter, for example, you know, once you get to a certain, you know, once they get to a certain uh, uh, level, all of a sudden, uh, you know, at that top stage, you know, these guys, they're knocking everybody out. They look impressive. And then it seems like the first time um, any of them ever get knocked out themselves or they get to that uh, that next level, they kind of fade out. So it's going to be interesting to watch and see what, uh, you know, how Ajagba, you know, develops and what he can bring next. You well, know, the vision is changing, 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 you know, and guys like that make, you know, make it exciting because now you got uh, guys out there that we can actually watch develop. Well, the thing about Samuel Peter was he had punching power. I don't think I, they say a Jaguar has power, um, but I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see as he's as he's stepping it up uh, here. But uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't impressed with either one of them. Um, Frank Sanchez uh, showed some boxing ability, but um, he didn't have uh, enough pop. And no disrespect to Joey. But you know he 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 should have taken him out or at least roughed him up. He he never put his he never seemed to put his foot on the gas uh, in that fight. And go, jumping back to Ajagba for a second, you know Ron Lipton, a good friend of mine. I think he's one of the better referees. I think he could have stopped that fight a little sooner. I, you know, um, I, you know he kept he kept saying he was going to stop and he kept warning him. I I thought he could have stopped that fight a little sooner. What's your thoughts? Maybe he could have. Um, I certainly wouldn't have thought that it was uh, premature if he stopped that fight a little bit sooner. But um, Kajanu is, you know, is he, giving him the benefit of the doubt, he's a tough guy. Uh, yeah, he got uh, got knocked out by Daniel Dubois, I think, last year, you know, pretty quick. But um, And Luis Ortiz pretty quick. And I think all his stoppages prior to last night were, um, were early stoppages. Um, you know, the rest of them. Uh, uh, the rest of his career, or the other times he's lost, he's you know he's gone to distance. He's always been you know in tough fights. So I, uh, maybe Ron Lipton was giving him a little bit of the benefit of a doubt. Yeah, it could be. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you: uh, they announced that Joe Goosen uh, is going to be in the corner. He's the new trainer of Kubat Pulev. You know, you know how I feel about these fighters that uh, you know take on a new trainer uh, for a big fight and they leave. Uh, you know, their old uh, trainer. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm not... Joe Goosen sometimes shocks me with some of the things he, he says. You know, he puts... Uh, like, for example, he puts Deontay Wilder on a on a much too high pedestal, in my opinion. Lennox Lewis is always there to, uh, you know, kind of kind of talk to the crowd and, and talk to the fans and, and be a little more honest. But my question is, do you think Joe Goosen brings anything to the table for Pulev against Anthony Joshua because in my opinion it seems like Goosen underestimates uh, Anthony Joshua I've never heard him say anything positive about the kid you know and it's not just Joe Goosen but even a friend of ours that ever since they went over with the PBC 
And as a matter of fact, if you check the Twitter account last night, I believe I put out there saying, um, talking about um, how well these guys must be getting paid to sell out the way they do with some of their comments. I don't think they believe what they're saying, and it doesn't even sound believable when they're saying it. So, um, Joe Goosen, in terms of his comments, I pay no attention to it. But um, in terms of him coming to the camp, I don't know. Joe Goosen has, you know, he's a you know a good trainer. Make no uh, mistake about that. He's had a lot of uh, good fighters, but he's not exactly one of those trainers that you would send a fighter to when you want to um, build on that fighter or fix some mistakes or tune up a fighter. No, he's you know, there's not a lot of trainers like that. Period in sport, you know, uh, at at all. I think the last real trainer like that, especially at the heavyweight division, was Manny Stewart. You know, he can take a broken fighter and uh, make him brand new again, and that's the last guy we've had in sport capable of doing so. Outside of um, uh, Ben Davis, who was with uh, Tyson Fury, but that was just you know for that one fight. I think that <laughs> Joe Goosen is more of a you know mental. Uh, guy, I think that he he he's very calm in the corners. He 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 focuses on one thing. The one thing I do like about Joe Goosen and his technique is, you know, during a fight, he's very calm and he he only focuses on one thing in between rounds or maybe two. You know, some of these trainers, these wannabe trainers specifically, you know, you you hear what they're saying in the corner. And you got to move to the right. You got to watch out for this punch. Go for that. And, you know, they're, 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 you know, barking out, you know, 20 different sets of instructions and the bell rings and the fighter, I guarantee you, is saying, what? <laughs> what did he say? You know, so, so Joe Goosen, I think, you know, will bring some, some, uh, you know, uh, calmness but I don't think that's enough uh, for, for Anthony Joshua. Um, one last thing. It's, it seems like it's signed, sealed, and delivered, although Canelo hasn't uh, made his own announcement. Uh, he's becoming more and more like you-know-who, uh, where he wants to control everything. But it appears that Canelo will be taking on Billy Joe Saunders on May 2nd, uh, going head-to-head -head with a, a big card in, in Manchester, uh, the Dillian White. Uh, fight uh, and also Katie Taylor and and uh, Amanda Serrano on that card, which it sounds like a, a fantastic card. Uh, but what's your thoughts on Canelo um, choosing Billy Joe Saunders or Billy Joe Saunders accepting the contract? Um, it seems like the the lesser of the two challenges. I, I thought Callum Smith would would have been the guy. I like the fight. I believe they're picking Billy Joe because they think he's the weakest link. But um, I, I, I like the fight. Uh, you know, Billy Joe is capable. He's not a puncher. He moves well. He's undefeated. So, you know, it's a good fight. Um, I, I would have liked the fight two years ago. Better than what it is now. Uh, remember, Billy Joe had been calling out Canelo the last couple of years. And, um, you know, then Billy Joe had some weight issues. But, um, you know, Billy Joe, he's uh, a big... Uh, you know, he's a big super middleweight. He's almost six foot tall. He has good boxing ability, not great punching power. So it should be, I, I, I would fully expect Canelo to win, but I think that Billy Joe is uh, capable enough to make it interesting and frustrate Canelo uh, early on. Then once Canelo has him figured out, you know, Canelo go in there and do what Canelo does. I think that, um, I, I, I think that it's going to be a boring fight because Saunders is going to be on his bicycle. He's not going to stand in front of uh, Canelo and, and let Canelo work the body. And, and Canelo's going to chase him around the ring. The one thing, if I could be critical about Canelo, the one criticism I'd have is that he has a tendency to chase his opponents around the ring. He doesn't really 
cut the ring off and force um, you know the his opponent to to do what he wants. I mean that. I mean, you know, Daniel Jacobs showed that. Now, Danny Jacobs is a big fighter, strong fighter, um, but he kind of controlled the ring against uh, Canelo. So, I, you know, Billy Joe Saunders might be similar. I don't think he's as good as Daniel Jacobs, but I, I'm not. I don't think it's going to be an exciting fight. I hope I'm wrong. No, it, may, it might be an exciting fighter. Exciting fight. It might not. I don't know. Uh, Billy Joe is a. Um more of a defensive fighter and you know that's his strong point and that could very well be the scenario you just explained where Canelo is spending the whole night trying to cut the ring off and catch up with Billy Joe Saunders so you know it'd be interesting all I know is that um, anybody out there who complains about this fight and says Billy Joe is not a uh, legitimate uh, challenge then you know what just find something else to do you know, you just find something else to do. Stop being on social media, pretending you're a boxing fan, pretending you know what you know, you know, making a meme, talking about Deontay Wilder and the loss. You just stop already because this is a very good fight and it's a very sellable fight against, um, you know, a, a quality champion in Billy Joe Saunders. I, I agree, but I don't think it's going to be an exciting fight. I mean, no, you, maybe, maybe they're, no, no, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it's, it's a good fight. You know, I'm so tired, Bill, of hearing all these complaints and all these people all the time on social media, especially, that, you know, they all know what fights are supposed to happen, what fights are good fights. But meanwhile, as you stated before, you're streaming them. You know what? If you're such a big boxing fan, when's the last time you paid for a ticket? What did you think of the numbers that were released, uh, 800 to 850,000 buys, and then them claiming that there was 10 times that in illegal streams? For the uh, for, for the Fury uh, Wilder fight, pay per view is dead. Right, I said that earlier. It kind of is. Yeah, pay per view is dead. Just accept it, man. Pay per view is dead. Yeah. And- they lose money. With the, it costs a lot of money to put on a pay-per-view. You know, it's not just like you turn on the camera inside the arena and say, okay, we're going to charge people to watch this. You know, there's a lot of money involved. So, you know, you're losing that money. And, you know, people nowadays... And, you know, this, like I said, this is what frustrates me, Bill. You know, we're on pay-per-view. Is I'm talking to somebody the other day, and we're talking about that fight and the numbers, uh, the early numbers that were released. And they actually told me, that they bought the fight, which is great. You bought the fight, but because they wouldn't spend money on that the zone crap. No, there's no, listen. The, 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 the fights, the fights that you're getting in a year on the zone. No, every fight is not a blockbuster. It can't be. But the fights that you're getting every year, and they couldn't get through their head that a year, if you get the zone for a year for that ninety-nine dollars, that is the price of a pay-per-view for most time. Oh no, well that. that what do you mean that doesn't matter? I, but you know, it, it's that mentality that really frustrates me. In, we just lost Dax. <laughs> um, uh, well, we were going to go anyway, but uh, uh, I appreciate Dax's uh, comments. Uh, but uh, for some reason, we uh, we abruptly lost Dax. Um, and it's and I, I thought maybe he was on our side, but uh, uh, it appears uh, that uh, it was not. But uh, uh, in any event... Um, I appreciate Dax coming on, and we will uh, uh, be looking forward to him uh, next uh, next time. But uh, in any event, um, I got a couple of emails I wanted to read. Uh, one of them uh, is from my man Jesse. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., uh, no, uh, he's got some different comments here. Uh, he says, no, Wilder does not know how to box. Wilder didn't know how, uh, didn't know what to do. Fury did know what to do, and he knew what he was doing. Uh, he said, uh, uh, 
Uh, Adam Kaznaki will beat Robert Helinas with a stoppage in the ninth round. You were wrong about that, my man. He says Frank che uh, Sanchez will knock out Joey in the seventh round. Uh, you were wrong about that, but he did get the win. And uh, he said, uh, uh, what's my thoughts on uh, uh, Sanchez uh, and being with uh, Canelo? Um, he means from a promotional standpoint. Um, I, I don't think very much of Sanchez, like I said uh, earlier. Uh, he says, Billy, who do you think Andy will pick as his trainer? For me, it should be Eddie Reynoso and Team Canelo uh, to know what uh, is dedication, to know what dedication is all about and being successful. You know, I, I don't know about Andy Ruiz. Um, he is with the PBC. I don't like the PBC. I don't like, uh, you know, the the rah-rah stuff. The, the PBC, in my opinion, has a lot of rah-rah men. Um, their fighters generally don't fight the real fights. Uh, and the other issue that I have with them is, you know, they, they try to, uh, they try to smokescreen stuff. Um, I agree that, that an Eddie Reynoso might be a smart move, but in order to go with Canelo, they'd have to break from PBC. Uh, I think we're starting to see the PBC side, PBC fighters. And, and although we, we just lost Dax. Um, you know, I, 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 don't, I, I hate to use this word, but a lot of them are becoming exposed because they're not being able to um, get better with skill set. Uh, they are stuck in a rut, so to speak. Uh, they have the guys all around them, the entourage saying how great they are, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and um, uh, they're just not getting better. And, and, you know, as other fighters are, we're seeing the, the trickle-down effect. So uh, He says uh, Billy Joe Saunders against Can uh, Canelo. Billy Joe is too defensive and probably uh, will be in this fight. I think he will fight from an outside and go side to side and in and out. He don't thinks it's going to – I don't think it will be an entertaining fight. Canelo will punish the body. I agree with Jess there. I don't think uh, it will be uh, – uh, an exciting fight at all. I, I really don't. Um, so uh, we'll have to uh, uh, wait and see on that. Uh, but uh, in any event, um, I got uh, another uh, email. Uh, this one's uh, from Raheem. Uh, and he says, uh, hey, Billy C., uh, it's me, Raheem. Yeah, I know, Raheem. I see it on the, on the email, man. Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, he says, I was wrong about Wilder winning against Fury by knockout. My father uh, picked Fury, uh, he says. And, um, you know, he, he said that uh, um, he thought he, my father picked Fury to win because he thought Wilder worried too much about promoting the fight uh, in in training. Um he, uh, let's see what else does he say. He says, uh, uh, the fight was great to see, and I think Fury has to fight Joshua. Fury versus Joshua needs to happen, but I'm thinking if Joshua ducked Wilder, he'll do the same because Fury's undefeated and won the linear belt. I would like your opinion on Joshua trying to avoid Fury. Uh, you know, Raheem, you... You you say this stuff, man, that is just so 
ridiculous. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that uh, he, a Anthony Joshua, avoided Deontay Wilder. I, I really don't. Um, I, I believe that, um, you know, in, in a sense, uh, we had, um, you know, yes, the fight wasn't made, uh, but uh, but in a sense, it, it's the other way around. I, I think, Raheem, if I could give you any advice, I'd listen to your dad because your dad seems to know what's going on in the sport, and you don't. Joining us right now is my man, uh, Alex Papali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? Oh, I'm doing uh, fantabulous. Uh, how about yourself? I am doing very well, a little... A little sleepy from my lost hour, but I think I'll be all right. You'll gain it back in the fall. Don't worry about it. That's you know. Right. So That's uh, anyway, as Conan the Barbarian always said, "Time enough for sleep in the grave." Right. <laughs> yeah, I've heard other people say that out at the bars too. But uh, anyway, uh, Helenus in somewhat of an upset uh, over uh, Kaznaki last night. What's your thoughts? I, I really thought that was a fun fight. Um, I, I enjoyed that whole card. I mean, it wasn't the thing about, uh, and I've said this many times, you know, it's the old, uh, Longfellow po poem, uh, heavyweight boxing is like the girl with the curl. Um, you know, sometimes it's, uh, when it's good, it's really good, but, uh, sometimes it's horrid. Uh, I thought last night was kind of fun. We saw heavyweights at different stages of their careers, uh, trying to deal with what they had in front front of them, some did it better than others, and I think that uh, the the it it all culminated in that delicious main event that was action packed, and uh, we got a nice upset. And quite honestly, I, I think what you and Dax were talking about, I, I think those are very good points because it's hard to know what it was that went wrong for him. I think a guy that fights as aggressively as Kanaski uh, does, that one of the things that could happen is when you're in firefights, you could just get outgunned. And I kind of think that's what happened. I think one of the things Goosen said may have been a factor was um, the Areola fight might have taken more out of him than we thought. But I think more importantly, um, he just got caught with a big right hand. And he didn't really recover from that. Um, and, you know, that was a missed knockdown, the replay show. I don't understand why we we can't um, do re replays in the sport. I mean, I guess in this in this instance, it didn't really matter because they didn't get to the uh, they didn't get to the break in the round to be able to say, yeah, that should have been a knockdown. Um but uh, I thought it was a fun fight, and I think upsets are what make the you know give new blood to this sport. So I really enjoyed it. I agree. I, I think that well, first of all, I think that all commissions should incorporate the uh, um, replay. I know some do. Jersey does. Um, I, I, you know I, the the this disheartening aspect is the fans that will now say Kaznaki was exposed and he's no good, you know, because he, he got caught and, and lost. And as Dak said, and you've said many times, in the heavyweight division, that's the beauty of the heavyweight division, it ends with a punch. Um, and it could be either side. It could be the guy that is not expected to win or it could be the guy that's expected to win. I look at Kaznaki 
And I love watching him fight because of, of the volume of punches and his accuracy. He's extremely accurate. And the fact that he's, you know, if you saw him on the street, you wouldn't actually think he's a fighter. I mean, he's just looks Absolutely, like, he, yeah. he, he just looks like just a happy guy, you know, and, uh, yeah, he could. Yeah, he's he could. like he's like in deep cover. <laughs> yeah, you know, it looks like uh, you know he's like Wimby, the the burger guy on Popeye, you know. <laughs> but but uh, you know, he just um, you know, and he could do some damage. I, I thought it was interesting. I usually don't get caught up with the pre-fight. You know, he grew up in this town and this and that. But when he was showing the playground that he used to get beat up on when he first came to the states as a young kid, I, I found it interesting. You know, and. Uh, um, you know, he had all the uh, the Polish uh, 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 part of New York behind him. And, uh, you know, he got caught. And like you said, you know, but he, here's here's the problem. I made the, the statement about the baby. I, I, I think that, you know, he, he, he this could have been a result of him not focusing and maybe maybe um, underestimating Helenus a little bit. But I think the truth of the matter is simple. I think. Fighters today, when when you're with the wrong team, and I'm not criticizing his team, but you know, in cases when you're with the wrong team, they end up becoming rah-rah men. They're whispering in your ear how great you are, and you lo lose sight of learning certain fundamentals. In Kaznacki's case, it's called defense. His defense is his face. He 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 tires you out while you're pummeling him. And then he catches up on you. Last night, he, he, he was landing shots. I, quite honestly, I don't know how uh, Helena stayed on his feet. Uh, but then, you know, he got caught. And, and it was the first time he was really in that kind of trouble. And uh, he couldn't rebound from it. And, you know, the, the problem that he's going to face now is how do you go back to the drawing board? You know, he's going to have some... Uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for where where he's basically, you know, the confidence, a lack of confidence or he's got to prove that it was a fluke and, you know, he's going to try to go in and do what he he does best. We, we witnessed it with Deontay Wilder. You know, it, it's the it's the lack of training and and quality trainers that's, you know, creates these kinds of fighters that become one dimensional. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's. Uh, the thing, his one dimension is fun to watch, but you're right. That's one of the problems is that, you know, um, what, how do you adapt now to, um, to put some wrinkles in your game so that, uh, you're a little, you know, you increase your longevity. Cause yeah, that was one of the things. If you're just an aggressive come forward type guy, the way Konaski has been, uh, eventually you're going to have a guy that stands in front of you that can can endure what you're thrown at him and hit you with his own stuff. And that's exactly what happened last night. Now, um, you know, there's ways to deal with that. I mean, he, you know, to maybe give Hellenius angles and stuff like that. I mean, this was a, a tall, a tall guy, you know, but he definitely thought, I think he underestimated him a little bit thinking that maybe he was, you know, older, uh, phys more physically older than he actually was in terms of, you know, he was 36 years old, but I think Kanaski was hoping that there was more ring age on him, and it really didn't seem like there was. Uh, Hellenius was in good shape. He was there, you know, to take the title. Uh, 
and I, I mean not the title you know what I mean to take the fight um to take that elimination belt <laughs> yeah whatever it was yeah I I there I knew there was there was talk of titles last night but I I didn't think either guy had one um you know, uh, I I would love to see. We talk about uh, uh, fighters in the heavyweight division that throw lots of punches. Could you imagine Kaznaki against Andy Ruiz Jr.? Uh, that would be that would be a great fight. But um, well, that was the fun thing about it is that I think it it, it to me it reminded me of that sort of upset was that um, just like uh, Ruiz Jr. Hellenius was there sort of see it's I hate the phrase of like winning the lottery. Because that's not what these guys, when you are win in an upset like that, it's nothing like the lottery. Because uh, maybe the opportunity's there, but you have to be able to seize it. And that's huge in the heavyweight division. And both Ruiz Jr. and Hellenius uh, were able to do that. Uh, it's just it, the part that was like winning the lottery came afterwards when Andy Ruiz thought, Oh yeah, this is awesome. Let's party! Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, he was supposed to make a big announcement, and I—if he did, I missed it. But the undercard—you uh, said you enjoyed it. Uh, Effie Ajagba uh, knocked out Roz Van Kajanu, and um, although it was an exciting fight, I—I—I I, I, I enjoyed the the two fights. I just don't think Ajagba is much. I didn't think very highly of him. I—I I think he's great at the level he's at. But I can't see him being um, that great as he moves up unless he improves. He reminds me of a Michael Grant, a, 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 an older Michael Grant. And, you know, when you look at his physique, he's got those, you know, chicken legs. And I just, you know, um, I don't know. What, what did you like about him? Yeah, I, I liked that we're watching them learn, I think. But you're right. I think that we it's hard to make any sort of uh, big leaps with him because – it does seem like there's there's some issues. I mean, one of the things last night is that it was finally once he started listening to Ronnie Shields and letting his hands go that he took him out of there. Um, and yeah, it did seem like um, the stoppage. It seemed like the, Ron Lipton was thinking about stopping it a little early. Uh, yeah, I, I, and he could have. You know, you you just made a great point. Um, you know, I, this is. I, I hope people understand what I'm about to say. This fight that Ajagba and and really the Sanchez fight too, but uh, the Ajagba fight against Razvan Kajonu, this is how you bring up a fighter. Okay, so you put him in this fight, and in my opinion, if if Ajagba's my fighter, I'm gonna find another opponent just like Kajonu for his next fight, and the reason why is I'm not going to look at this as, okay, he's ready for the next level. No, he's not, because he didn't really, yes, he kind of dominated the fight, but he didn't look that good doing it. I want to see him against another Kajanu where he just annihilates him and then step him up, because that will be when he learns. It's the same thing with Sanchez. You know, he goes the distance with Joey DeWedgeco, you know, and then, you know, it's very easy to say, okay, now he's, he's ready for that next level. Eh, not so bad, not so fast, because he didn't take Dewejko out of there, and and Dewejko's, you know, he's he's a little better than people realize, but um, still, both of these fighters needed to win in dramatic fashion. And although um, Ajagba got the knockout, I don't think it was a dramatic knockout. I think Kajanu, uh, you know, I he was in the fight. I, I saw him rock Ajagba a couple of times, Alex. 
Yeah, and I think that's that's to me what made it interesting was that it showed that both these guys are learning, but they have a lot to learn. Because uh, yes, yes. you're right, neither Sanchez nor Jogba was able to really break it open and dominate. But in a way, that's good because so often what we get with PBC cards is showcase fights. Last night, we didn't really get that. <clears throat> we got two fights where we saw the, the A-sides were learning stuff. I like that. Sometimes that doesn't translate into the most exciting thing to watch. But to me, it's always more interesting than watching a guy blow someone out in a round or two because at least you got, I don't know, every fight's a story. So isn't it more interesting when you've learned something than it is when um, you've just watched uh, a, just sort of an exercise to get another uh, uh, get another KO on your record? I mean, to me, that's what's interesting. But like Dax was saying, you know, I'm not the one getting hit in the mouth. So uh, of course, that's it's very easy to have that perspective from a reclining uh, recliner. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, I do think that. Um, that the I mean, you just listen to the crowd. The Hellenius, uh, what Hellenius did was just awesome. And, uh, you know, you did, I did feel bad for all those Polish fans who went out there to watch uh, the local guy, you know, uh, you know, have a nice another win. But, um, you know, that's, that's why we fight the fight. Sometimes that just plain doesn't happen. And that's what was fun about it was it, at least, at least in terms of appearance, it didn't look like, I mean, he didn't come into the ring in a real heavy costume and he could say, well, this is why I lost. You know, if he lost, he lost because, you know, maybe he uh, was taking changing diapers the night before. We don't know. But, um, you know, there was no excuses. Uh, it was just a, a, a damn good firefight. Listen, when they come out with all the excuses, it, it, their, their character is exposed. Deontay Wilder has exposed himself uh, as a, a thug, really, and a bully type guy, and he he hasn't held himself accountable. He never will. He's believed that he was good, and he's not. We've talked about this many times. He's a one-trick pony. End of story. The difference with him and Kaznacki is Kaznacki took the loss like a man. And here's another huge difference. Okay, what makes Kaznacki marketable is. You know, and and one of the things that's missing in this sport, and and fighters are so quick to to overlook it. You know, they they sign with a, a manager, promoter, whatever, and and they you know they move away from where they're from or what have you, and they never have a chance to build up that following that or or even have a a rivalry, uh, you know, of sorts, you know, if, if Kaznacki, you know, he did have the rivalry with Artur Spitzka, you know, two Polish fighters yeah. going at it, you know. So so w what he developed, and we saw that last night, yeah, he had a lot of Polish fans in, in, in the seats. Yeah, they came to see their guy. But I'll bet you my last nickel, that they'll support him at the next fight as well. They're not going to be fans that are going to go uh, hanging out at the Kabasi bar and say, uh, "Hey, listen, you know he's a bum. He was overrated. He was he was exposed." Nope. They're gonna they're gonna feel the same pain he does. They're gonna feel the 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 same pressure he does, and they're gonna want him to get back on that horse just like he does. And that's a fan base that brings value to a fighter. And that's something that Kaznacki has that most fighters today do not. 
True. Yeah. And that does make all the difference because it then it also makes the just the atmosphere when they fight uh, a much more entertaining atmosphere. It's like an event, you know, because I'm sure if you walked through that arena last night, I'm sure there was people with posters and people with flags, 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 musical instruments and stuff like that. You know, it's like like when you go when you it, when when Tito Trinidad used to fight. You know, there's people in the audience playing music. Uh, they're so excited. So yeah, I mean that's the thing that's that was uh, cool about uh, the atmosphere last night. It sure seemed like um, you know uh, people came out in droves to see Kanaski. And, and you're right. I I hope that they certainly won't turn their back on him. And you're right. I think I don't think they will because of you know the kind of athlete he is. You know. The Polish women are so gorgeous. I never, I, I got to be honest with you, I never really realized that. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I used to notice it with the Adamak fights and Spitzka and now Kaznaki. I mean, it's pretty consistent that, you know, they're kind of gorgeous. But, uh, um, hey, what, what about Canelo, you know, with full bands, mariachi bands and stuff like that playing uh, in between uh, at the weigh-ins and stuff. So, yeah, you're right about the atmosphere. And that's something that a lot of U.S. fighters fall uh, fall short of you know they're they're so busy uh, uh, trying to tell people they you know want to kill someone in the ring and everything else. But uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of which, um, you know it was announced that the rematch clause, uh, which was in Deontay Wilder's hands, is going to be exercised. Um, they're saying that they're going to have the fight. Uh, you know Joe Goosen, uh, you know he's a nice guy, and and I just. You know, I, I'm not crazy about him. I mean, I I knew Dan, and Dan, I, I actually worked with Dan when I first started doing promotion. Uh, was much different than than Joe, um, and, and you know, I I think he overrates Deontay Wilder, and he was saying some things like he's got to go back to basics, and you know, similar to what Sal Rocky Senecola was saying uh, right after the fight. I, I don't think that it's gonna. I, I don't think that that's the answer for Deontay at this stage. And if it is, he's not going to be able to right the ship and go back to basics and learn all of these things or or fine-tune all of these things that he may have learned in the past and be ready to fight Tyson Fury in July. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of the problems with going into a, 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 an immediate rematch is or immediate third fight is that... Um, what exactly can Wilder hope to change? Um, I'm not sure there's a lot. I kind of think that the way for him, uh, my take would be to sort of, he needs some rebuilding. Uh, one, his confidence. Um, now, maybe that's, not, maybe that's not the case. Maybe his confidence is just fine, and he buys what he's saying. He thinks it's the suit. In a way, I think that's that's good that that narrative has come in because even though I don't buy it at all, um, his fans will, and that might be enough in order to generate you know enough people out there to think well the having the third fight is worth it because if not for that suit we would have seen something different. Yeah, but wait, the thing is, is that the problem with the fans that he had following him abandoned him already they didn't buy the pay-per-view right you know they they abandoned him already you know and and uh, you know one of the main reasons i always wanted to see floyd lose 
was because I felt that that was going to be the same thing that happened to Floyd. It, despite that, obviously, Floyd, you know, is a talented fighter, uh, whereas Deontay is a one-trick pony. But I'm, I'm convinced that the, the majority of his fan base would have bailed on him, that they wouldn't have stayed loyal, like we're talking about Kaznaki's fan base. And, you know, to make an excuse like a suit and to continue, the latest one was that he blamed uh, Paulie Malignaggi for dissing him on, on TV once, tried to get Showtime. There was an article that my man uh, Mitch sent me uh, that, uh, you know, he, he, he was so unhappy with the commentary from Paulie Malignaggi. He's trying to tell Showtime that they need to fire him, that he's not going to fight on their network unless they fire Malignaggi. I mean, this that's a fragile guy. That's a guy that thinks that he's so great and has not accepted the defeat. He is not even holding himself accountable for it yet. You know, and and I think that Tyson Fury beat him in the first fight. He destroyed him in the second fight. And quite honestly, I don't want to see a third fight. This isn't Ali Frazier where, you know, you could make an argument uh, of who won the fights and, and you demand a third fight. This is not that case. A Triple G and Canelo... A third fight is more demandable than this. You know, I, I just don't think it's there. I, I don't think that Deontay Wilder has the talent. He's got knockout, freakish knockout power, and that is it. He is never going to be, we are never going to see that same Deontay Wilder in the ring again. We will never see it because everyone that opposes him now is going to be in his face and they're going to be dropping. He's going to be hitting the floor a lot in the future should he continue. I'm telling you right now, I, I just don't think uh, that this guy is going to be able to rebound until, just like an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever, admits that they have a problem and his problem is he's not that good and he has to admit that he just got his ass beat and he's not he's pointing i don't want to make excuses but he, you could write a book with all the excuses he's laid out and it's so funny did you did you see um uh what's his name uh smith uh uh talk to him about the suit when he's on espn uh, he's, he's going, the suit? Are you telling me that the suit made you lose a fight? I mean, come <laughs> on. That, you know, that's it's just Stephen A. Smith was, uh, you know, and, and he's, you know, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Stephen A. Smith, but sometimes when he's, he's accurate, he's accurate. And he hit that one on the head, man. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the thing about it. Nowadays, um, there's a lot of people that, you know, sort of have these public delusions and their fans participate in it. Uh, I kind of agree with you. I do think that um, Deontay Wilder um, needs some rebuilding. Um, however, I admire the fact that he's so courageous. Now, maybe that's foolhardy, but he's so courageous. He wants to go right into another rematch. Um, I don't think his uh anything's gonna change i think uh if you think about it what they fought 19 rounds now i only think uh wilder has won two of those rounds maybe three and they were the rounds he knocked him down in and one one other round in the first fight um so yeah i don't see a reason for a third fight however his fans definitely do in terms of money i'm sure it'll make money um, but yeah, to me, the, the pay-per-view numbers were very disappointing. 
Um, but I think, like you and Dax were saying, it's very possible that pay-per-view is over. I agree. Uh, for this sport. Um, and, you know, maybe it's because of all the illegal streaming. I don't know. I really enjoyed watching it um, the way, you know, in the movie theater. But um, it could be that those kind of things are going away now uh, in, uh, in, you know, because everybody could do it at their house. And, I mean, you could do it at bars, I guess. And it did seem that more and more bars were doing it this time or, you know, like Buffalo Wild Wings type places. Yeah, but that's I, extremely costly. They, the way they do the pay-per-views at a bar is they charge them per person that the, that the facility can hold. So if the fire capacity is, you know, 500 people, they actually charge them for 500 people. That's how that works. They don't yeah, a, a bar. Yeah. So to get it, I mean, when when we used to do the events at Sal's, they would charge him a, an enormous amount of money to have the fight there. It, it, trust me, it's not worth it. It's 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 not. That's why the bar years ago, you know, I used to, I remember watching Foreman Holyfield in a bar, and you know, I mean, it was packed. People used to come in there and do it. But when the bars don't have it, you know, um, you know, and and the thing about Deontay Wilder is that he the reason why he's he's you know you call it courageous but but the truth of the matter is is it's the same lack of of trainer and and Mark Breland is a good trainer but the other guy Diaz Diaz or Diaz um you know he's a rah-rah man and they have him believing because he actually believes that he's such a, a killer so to speak that he, he, he thinks this was a total, uh, you know, uh, you know, odd thing. It was a freak thing that he lost this fight. It was the suit's fault. You know, he believes he won the first fight, you know, which, you know, like you said, and I'm in agreement with you about winning the rounds. You know, he won two rounds, maybe three in the first fight. So, I mean, this is a guy that's delusional. And you're never going to win until you accept the fact that you got beat. And now you should be saying to yourself, what do I got to do to win against this guy? I don't think he's thinking that. I think that he's saying to himself, I'm not going to go out in a suit next time. I'm going to go and destroy him. He's going to come out and try to do the same thing he does in all of his fights because he doesn't know anything else. And he's not that smart. Let's be real. All right. Let the elephant in the room is, is this. The guy isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. And, and and if he was, he would have ditched his team a long time ago. He would have realized that they're a bunch of rah-rah men. I've been saying it for years, that, you know, and it's just, it's 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 frustrating. Uh, listen, let me ask you this. Let, let's move on because, I, I you know, it's just, it, Deontay Wilder, now I'm going to say exactly what I hate when I hear it. He was exposed, and that is the truth. He was exposed, and anybody that's a fan of his, that does not believe he's a one-trick pony uh, should take the blindfolds off their, their head. But Cuba Pulov is fighting Anthony Joshua June 20th. And uh, it was announced last night on this uh, card that Joe Goosen is actually going to be his new trainer. I don't think Joe Goosen is going to help him against Anthony Joshua. Joe Goosen thinks that... I think he underestimates Anthony Joshua. And I don't think that... For a fight like this, you change your corner so drastically. I mean, his style of training is so different um, than his, his previous trainer. I, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? 
Um, I do think that uh, um, I, I'm interested, definitely interested in that fight. I like that fight. Um, I, you're right. I mean, I'm not sure. The thing about trainers is it, they're, it's kind of like colleges. You know, college is what you make it. Uh, a good trainer, there's a lot of good trainers in boxing. Um, it's you have to be willing and listen uh, and listen yeah, right? right and open to learn right and I think that um, you know we've seen I mean that's one of the things that I think was why the Tyson Fury uh, you know performance was you know I I mentioned that it wasn't he's not an all-time great yet but that was an all-time great performance because one aspect of it was you saw this fighter who was like at the top of the sport who said, there's one thing I don't have and I need that I know I could get from a trainer and that's Sugar Hill. And it's the way to knock this guy out. Um, he went to that trainer, he learned it and he did it. That kind of thing, it shows willingness that um, that has to come from inside. That's about the fighter. That's not about the trainer. The trainer's there if you're willing to go and take their experience and learn it and apply it. Uh, I think that's one of the things Pulev has with uh, a guy like Joe Goosen is you have a wealth of knowledge and experience there. It's up to him to be willing to accept that uh, training because that's the thing about, you know, we're all stubborn people and uh, fighters, especially heavyweights, seem to be very stubborn. Well, one of the one of the blocks at learning is your own stubbornness. So I don't know. I think that Pulev has a very good chance against Joshua because he's a big, strong puncher. And I think that's one of the things, like you mentioned, Wilder being exposed. Now that we've seen what can happen with Anthony Joshua, if you go right at him uh, and you make it into a fight, um, I think that this fight becomes more interesting. Um I don't know. I still want to see Fury Joshua. That's the most exciting thing. But in terms of all these other little matchups, they're sort of placeholders in the sport until we get, you know, a Fury Joshua. Because I think that's, to me, the most interesting question at this point is, is Tyson Fury the best heavyweight on earth? I think he is. Uh, I think he's mostly proven that. The only question is, how does he do against Joshua? Because yep. it's both from the UK, that makes it even more interesting. That's why. That's why that's the fight. I mean, yeah. from a financial point, from from uh, you know the greatest uh, heavyweight on the planet right now, Deontay Wilder is number three. I mean, that's the way it is. And and getting back to your your points about Pulev and, and Joe Goosen, I agree with you with Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is a smart fighter. He's learned things. He was lacking one aspect of it. Um, I don't think Pulev is, is in that class. I don't. I don't think he is that polished as Tyson Fury was to, to reach out and get one change. And I think a Joe Goosen could help Pulev, but not for one fight. Keep one thing in mind. One of the greatest performances that Vladimir Klitschko ever had was against Pulev. If Vladimir Klitschko fought Pulev, fought the way he fought Pulev with all of his other opponents, people would be regarding him as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Not saying I'm not slighting him because you know he dominated the heavyweight division for a decade, but he was a boring fighter. He fought very cautiously. 
But in the Pulev fight, he went after Pulev. I think that there has been a relationship that's been developed between Klitschko and Anthony Joshua. And I think that the guy that Anthony Joshua is going to seek advice from to fight Pulev is going to be Klitschko. I think Anthony Joshua learned a lot with the loss to Andy Ruiz. He came back, he fought a cautious fight. Andy Ruiz was busy, he was in his face, and, and Anthony Joshua uh, learned instead of just trying to go in for the kill, uh, he needs to, to use his height and reach and all those advantages. Pulev, I, I was ringside for, in Denmark when Pulev fought uh, Derek Rossi. Derek Rossi had him in all kinds of trouble. Pulev isn't as powerful as people think. Yeah, he can catch it, but he's not as agile either. I think Anthony Joshua is going to box the snot out of him, and he's going to eventually knock him out. So we'll see. We'll see how that uh, unfolds. But, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I do have to give him credit like you do, seeking someone else to try to tighten up his game. But I think Joe Goosen isn't a great trainer. I think he's a good mental coach. I think he's good like that and like I said earlier he's very calm in the corner he, he focuses on one adjustment maybe two but uh may, who knows maybe uh, that's what Pulev felt he needed I don't know but uh big yeah I mean he is 38 years old right uh, right and and you know he's been in some tough fights yeah. you know and and you know he's not as big as you think check it out go look you know, yeah, I'm six four. Yeah, you know, I mean, for, to me, he's a monster. You know, but uh, I mean, we're talking. You know, the, these these top heavyweights now six seven, six nine. You know, two hundred fifty pounds of of chiseled muscle that that you know are athletic and can move and can destroy you. You know, I mean, Pulev's a little guy. You know, I, I mean, compared to these guys, and and that's actually in his favor. Because what I've seen, the biggest weakness that AJ has had is fighting smaller guys. He he lost to Ruiz, and he had all kinds of trouble with Takam, Carlos Takam, because of the height difference, you know? So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, it's uh, almost official that Canelo Alvarez is fighting Billy Joe Saunders. Um, what's your thoughts on this fight? I like it. I mean, I if you go back after Billy Joe Saunders, I think he fought like a week or two after uh, uh, Canelo beat Kovalev, and he scored a sort of dull, dreary um, 11th round knockout. Uh, and I remember after we talked about it, I was like, I think this, this it, it's like they're made for each other. They both did the same thing. Let's see them fight. Um so I'm okay with it, and I think in terms of like you and Dax were saying, um, he's the it's sort of the path of less least resistance in to getting a title sh uh, to picking up another strap in at 168, and I think that he he's the less dangerous opponent, but he's also the more recognizable opponent. So it's sort of uh, you know for Team Canelo, it's a it's a it's a good idea stylistically it could be kind of dreary and dull um which i i do think that canelo's sort of risking um alienating some of those fans uh by having another sort of tactical potentially tactical boring fight but like you said they uh they love him they show up uh with musical instruments um so i don't think that uh you know that that'll 
be spoiled for this and it'll be Cinco de Mayo weekend. So, you know, it'll be a packed house instead of Kovalev. That was a little bit, uh, it was, um, what was that? Dia de los Muertos. It's not as much of a, a Mexican holiday as Cinco de Mayo. So, well, I guess Cinco de Mayo is more of an American uh, bar holiday. Well, you know, I mentioned how gorgeous the Polish women are. Well, the Mexican women are just as hot, so I, I can't wait to uh, to be there. But uh, in any event, uh, Alex, I appreciate your uh, insight. I personally think that the Billy Joe Saunders Canelo Alvarez fight will be boring. Um, uh, I, you it know, could very well be. Yeah, I, I I agree that it's Billy Joe is going to be a tactical fight. His goal will be to survive. Um, because the only way he can win that fight is to fight close, and that's Canelo's fight. I don't see it happening. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean the bot the body punching from Canelo, I think, is gonna be a major um, problem for Billy Joe. And you make another interesting point. I, you know, his last outing uh, against uh, Sergey Kovalev, um, and he knocks out Kovalev. And if he chose to, you know, the sanctioning bodies would let him hold all three belts. Now, this is my whole argument about Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury doesn't need the belts. The belts need him, just like Floyd Mayweather demonstrated. I've said this many times already. You know, it's time for these guys to, to realize that they are in the driver's seat. Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury should be fighting each other. Pulev... Is just a, uh, another in, in in AJ's case he he makes his twenty million by fighting Pulev. I can't blame him for that. But you know what? Him and Tyson Fury could easily make a hundred million each, maybe more, in England fighting each other. And I guarantee nobody's stripping anybody because they all want to claim that their fighter, you know, that they have a champion in one of those two fighters. So um, bad business decisions for. Uh, team uh, uh, AJ and also Fury if he, if he does take um, the Deontay Wilder fight next. But uh, well, yeah, when you think about it, uh, they're really marinating it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But, it's like a nice heavy brown gravy. But I believe that Fury's gonna do what he says, and he's gonna fight twice more. And I mean, realistically, those two fights have to. If he's gonna, if he really is gonna fight Wilder again, that'll be Wilder and AJ. But uh, I thought I heard. So that's what Fury's saying is he only wants to fight two more times. That's it. He says he's got uh. nothing left to prove, and he's right. He's right. You know, I mean, you know, let's be real. We do this. This business fighters fight to make money and then walk away. This isn't. This isn't a sport to hang around in. You know, um, right. and you know he's he's made his money, and he's and he's historical, you know. So um, and hysterical, <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, Alex, he is I, yeah, he is, and he's a great singer too. He's almost like he's almost like Manny. They'll put, they're going to put an album out together, I think. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Alex, uh, thanks for uh, coming on. We'll talk to you next week, brother. All right, Billy C. Take care. That's Alex Papali giving us uh, his uh, thoughts, and I look forward to uh, uh, the Vegas uh, event, and uh, hopefully uh, uh, we can uh, get on that uh, bus again, but uh, we'll see. Um, got another email here. Uh, this one's from my man Rick, and he says, uh, Hey, Billy C., I I'm so sorry to hear 
uh, so many fans um, are jumping ship from Deontay Wilder. I wasn't really aware of that because I've been banned off my favorite forum. Uh, as for me, I'm rolling with Wilder, but I admit he has an uphill battle from here on out. I think the immediate rubber match is a mistake, and if it goes the same way, and, and if it goes the same way, we'll pretty much end Wilder's career. He says, I'm also disappointed in all the fuss being made about Wilder's excuses. Wilder showed plenty of guts in the fight, never given up despite all the punishment that he took. Uh, that was one of the guttier performances by a losing fighter I've seen in uh, quite some time. Besides, lots of our favorite fighters have had some pretty lame excuses after losses. Manny's hurt shoulder, Roberto Duran rehydrating at the buffet table before his rematch with Leonard, and of course, my all-time favorite, the lights are being too hot uh, when Ray Robinson lost to Joey Maxim. Um, you know, Rick, I, I, you know, I, I the, the excuses, I, you make a good point uh, about, you know, Duran and, and stuff. Um as far as Manny, I mean, he did have a hurt shoulder, and that's the only reason why I would like to see him fight Mayweather again. He, he's proven uh, that he, you know, is still in the conversation, especially with his win over uh, Keith Thurman. Uh, and the Ray Robinson excuse, uh, I, I, one of my favorite comments about that is he was complaining about the humidity and the heat, and, and he did mention about the lights, and, and I remember... Uh, Joey Maxim after the fight said you know R Ray Robinson was complaining about how hot it was he says it's not like I had fans and air conditioning in my corner you know but uh, uh, in any event I, I do um, I, I listen I've said this all along the reason why a lot of the Wilder fans are bailing on them is because they're not true boxing fans they're you know they're, they're saying he's exposed and everything else they're not true fans you know um, Kalsnaki has true fans. They won't bail on him after the loss. Uh, and as far as, uh, uh, you know, showing that you don't think that he, you know, he's had a lot of excuses, he has. You know, the first thing that Deontay Wilder needed to do was admit that he just got beat. And he's coming up with excuse after excuse after excuse. Joining us right now, boxing's best photographer, the beautiful Emily Harney. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. Uh, uh, last night, uh, Kaznacki, uh loses uh, in what people are calling a huge upset. Um, what was your thoughts on the fight? Um, huge upset, I think, because people weren't expecting that last night. Um, you know, he's he's kind of been skating along there with um, you know some some good wins against some some incredible guys right like guys that have some decent names um but i i think a lot of us that cover boxing and really look at the heavyweight division as a whole you know we knew at some point he was going to face somebody that was going to give him a lot of trouble um and you know i didn't really expect it from helenus I, I i knew he was a big guy um you know you can't always go based on what you've seen in the past either um, because on any given night, it can be anybody's night. And last night, it was Helenis's night. Um, I, I think Kawanaki does bounce back. You know, you, you listen to him afterwards, and he's in good spirits. And, you know, he's going to have to really think about how he moves forward about uh, with some of these other guys, if he plans, you know, to 
to continue in that realm. Um, Hellenis is going to have the same situation, you know, where he's going to have to face some guys who obviously have some more ring experience and I think a lot of skill and tactics in the ring. But again, anything can happen. And when you know how to take advantage of a situation where you wobble your opponent, um, you can do a lot of damage. And, you know, when the ref stops the fight, the ref stops the fight. You know, one of the things about Kaznacki is that, you know, uh, Dax earlier mentioned, you know, his his best defense is his offense. And it's true. You know, he, he, he does take a lot of shots. I mean, in all of his fights, he's taken some mm-hmm. shots. And he took some shots last night. Um, the, the, the protocol here would be, okay, go back to the gym, learn a little defense. One of my problems with... Um, quite honestly the pbc and and specifically is they have a lot of rah-rah men that are uh, mm-hmm. that are training these fighters and yeah. you know i i was glad to see kaznaki not make uh you know a book full of excuses and and took responsibility himself it's gonna be yep. interesting to see if he does make any adjustments or if he just comes back and and does what he did w- one of the comments that i made and I want to get your take on it because you know you're 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 a parent, you're a mother, you you have a a, a kid, and um, you know uh, uh, Kaznaki had his first child, and the, the, it's still a baby. It's uh, his son is I believe they said six months old, and you know they said oh he's you know they've been inseparable. He was in the hotel room. He came to the way and he did this. He did that, and I said to myself that immediately because you know. I was not picking Helenas to win this fight at all. I thought Kaznaki was going to go in there and destroy Helenas. I, I really did. Um, and then when I heard him talking about the baby, I said to myself, you know, it's hard to focus on training when, you know, you just bring this another human being into the world and it's your first child and, and your whole life is revolving around it. And, and I know that's something that you've experienced as well. Um, do you think that there's a possibility that he's he was not focused on his training as much as maybe he should have been, and this could be a result of that, or is it just a simple fact that he got caught? Um, well, I think it's probably a mixture of both. When you really think about it, no matter what you're doing, you're you're going to change when you have a kid, and when you do something like you know fighters do, where they put their lives on the line every single day, now you have a whole nother like person to think about you know forget about yourself you know you have so much more to live for so much more to um do for so that does change you now does that have an effect on on your focus i mean that's a a real possibility especially where that that child is um with you um i do know you know a lot of fighters they they go away for camp so that they can have that separation and focus and that's hard I I mean I can't even imagine as a mother you know just being away for a week is difficult um granted my kid knows how to FaceTime now and now I'm like okay who's calling me now um you know (laughs) no but I I love it I'm kidding um but you really I mean your focus changes so there no matter what that's going to happen um is that where things shifted I don't necessarily know that that's it you know, I, I think possibly like some others, you know, maybe he thought this was going to be a little easier than he expected. Um, and it, again, if you look at those that he's fought, the Areolas, the, the, the Charles, the uh, these guys have had a little bit different experience than Helena. So, 
again, you can't go with what's on paper. I, I just remember going back to the, I think it was the third Ward Gotti fight and Mickey being interviewed and, and them saying, well, what are you doing for this fight that's different from every other fight? And he said, I wanted to make sure I did every single thing that was asked and that I knew I needed to do so that if my hand wasn't raised in the end, there was no question. You know, like I did everything I knew I possibly could do. And I thought, well, that's a good way to go into every single thing that you do so that you don't have to look back and go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. or Oh, I should have done this. So, I, you know, I, I guess it's just one of those things of, of experience and lessons that um, Adam has to really look at and take as. And I think he did, you know, just listening to him right after the fight, you know, he's I got to go back to the drawing board. I realized tonight wasn't my night. There was no excuse whatsoever. Um, so, you know, you, you focus. It's always going to be something that people have to worry about, whether you're having kids or, you know, you're, you're, you're doing other things. So I don't know if that's what it was. Well, big, big, big things, though. I mean, that changes you. There's no, no doubt there. Oh, no, no, there's definitely no doubt. It changes everything forever. But uh, I, I, I appreciate um, Kaznaki being honest and taking, mm -hmm. taking responsibility because that shows character, something that a lot of fighters, including Deontay Wilder, um, has not done. And, you know, you, you need to do that yeah. in order to, to, to put it behind you. And one of the things that I, I, I think is evident here uh, when you look at the two fighters, you know, you have Deontay Wilder, who's not accepting his loss. Um, you know, he's blaming it on everything. His fans are jumping ship. They're, you know, oh, he's exposed, he's a bum, he's this, after, after one loss. And then you look at Kaznaki's fans, who, you know, are loyal uh, and, you know, I, I said earlier in the show, I said, you know, the, the beauty of this is, you know, he handles this with class and the fans are not going to drop him. They've got they felt the loss just like he did. And they're going to want to get back on on that on that horse, so to speak, and win again. That's rare these days, Emily, in, in boxing, because a lot of these young fighters, they sign with a manager or promoter and they leave their roots. You know, I know Peter Manfredo, yeah. you know, he's a local kid. He's 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 another guy that stayed and respected mm -hmm. his roots, you know, and look at look at the fan base now with him still, you know, and uh, uh, I think it's important. And I think that uh, Kaznaki is ahead of the game because of his fans. Yeah, no, I agree on that 100 percent. You know, you're always going to have the, the guys like the Deontay Wilders. But the guys like the Manfredos and the Adam Kawanakis and the Mickey Wards that have those roots in their communities where regardless of how things go in that ring, those fans still follow them. They still support them. They still show up. And even even in the retirement, you know, that person's going to be somewhere and they're like, yeah, oh, I'm going you know, but that's so, important in this sport. That's we so need important. that. It's so important. Fighters forget that all the time, you know, and I, again, I go back to like, it's like being a politician. You got to be out there. You got to be shaking the hand. Well, maybe not shaking hands today, dapping it up, <laughs> but you got to be, you know, you know, saying hi to the babies, you know, no more kissing them either, but you got to be out in the community. And, and Jermaine Ortiz, you know, I watched him fight last week out of Worcester he was right out in the community the following week at the school committee meeting, you know, talking about we need better education in our, our school system, you know, and I don't even teach in that school system. And I'm like, yes, 
we need more kids like this. You know, you need to be out there. You know, NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, they have people that kind of put those things together for these guys and say, okay, these are the things you got to go do. Where fighters don't always have that. And, and they need that. You know, their management's kind of supposed to do that. But management in boxing is not like management in any other professional sport. You know, it's it's like, um, I really like boxing. I got some money. Oh, I can help move a fighter. Yeah. Oh, all right, let's do this, you know? Yeah. No, you're um, right. You and, are so and, and right. That's, that's the unfortunate thing. And somebody said to me last week, because they listened to the show, they're like, why aren't you managing fighters? I'm like, because I don't have any money. Like, give me your money. I'll go manage your fighter for you. But, I mean, that that's, that's the thing, and that's unfortunate for a lot of these guys and girls that nobody's marketing them. You know, nobody's going to them and saying, okay, these are the things you need to do. And, and, and let's not talk about a few of these things in this fashion. Let's, you know, talk about them in a positive way that we can, you know, make you a better community member and, you know, a part of the community. Because that's Th what you want, you know. Th think of this. A guy, and I, now I've, I've done pretty much everything in boxing, promote, manage, everything. The only thing I've never done is I've never been a trainer. But. Here's the, and, and I've never claimed to be a trainer, okay? But here's the sad part, Em. If I paid my $25 for the license, I, I could be I could be the head <laughs> trainer tomorrow, and 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 that's ridiculous. That's it should, crazy. I, I, and it's, it's crazy. so and it's so true. Your 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 point about you be a manager. If you have a checkbook and there's some money in there, you're in, kid. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. that's all that's all that it takes, and it's it's kind of mm -hmm. sad. Uh, but you know, the 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 other thing is, you make a great point. Uh, managers don't manage in in boxing anymore. But the the thing is, when you take all professional athletes. In my opinion, today in 2020, boxers are the most approachable. You, if you recognize, oh, if, if if you recognize a guy that's oh, a fighter, totally. and you go up to him, they're gonna give you the time of day. You see 100%. a major league, yeah, you see a major league baseball player or, or a football player or something like that. You're not even gonna get close to them. They're they're, nope. you're, they're not signing any autograph, nope. you know, unless nope. they have to, because like you said, the exactly. PR team says, okay, you got you got 15 minutes, sign a few autographs, and you know, then go to the locker room, you know. But uh, and, and and that's the beautiful thing that drew me to boxing, you know, 20 years ago, was that you know I grew up in Boston. I grew up, you know, you know, you grew up in Boston. You're in a fan town. My cousin is Johnny Pesky, you know, like I knew what it was like to like be a fan, you know, but boxing, like the fighters like have always been so open and approachable that it, and even today, 20 years ago, same thing. Like you could just go up to Mickey Ward, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, and they'll have a conversation with you like nothing. They'll right. take a picture with you like nothing. Right. But you're right. It's it's a different sport. Hockey players are very similar. I got to say that, too. Um, well, but, they fight, yeah. too. They're fighters, Yeah, they fight. Too. Exactly. That's <laughs> a, yeah. um, but, yeah, there's something to be said about fighters for sure in that respect. But um, you you, you got to be like a politician. It doesn't mean you got to, you know, decide if you're a Democrat or Republican. It just means you got to go out there and, and, and shake some trees. Great point. Emily, I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be looking forward to you next week. Have a great week, guys. Take care. That's uh, Emily Harney, boxing's best photographer, giving us uh, her thoughts. Uh, one more email before we pack it in today. Uh, this one's from my man Mitch. He says, uh, Crawford beats Spence. Spence is, the Deontay, is in the Deontay class when it comes to Crawford. He always has an excuse. I believe the final excuse, when it's all said and done, 
will be, I can't make 147 anymore. If not, it'll get done with Crawford when Crawford's 35 or 36 years old. Isn't he around that age now? But uh, I agree. I think Crawford's the best uh, welterweight out there. But uh, anyway, listen, boys and girls, make sure you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.